Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, all right, all right. We should be live. Ready for our Ask Me Anything AMA. AMA, Ask Me Anything time. That's right. What we're going to do today is talk about the questions you guys have most frequently asked ones. Uh, some of these are in here. Some of these are new. Some of these look really good. I think we've got some deep ones. Um, I'm going to try to go the full time I normally would and uh, get to all of these. And I'm going to try to stay on topic because it's super important. Um, I'm going to try to monitor your questions as well in the comments or in the chat. If you've got extra ones or follow-up questions for some of these, I've got Francois, Swart, Dustin, Chris, Josh, Andrew, Ross, Ricardo, Jeremy, and Kenyon. And then I think there was another question that we have not gotten on the list yet, but I'm ready to dive into this. And the reason I do this, guys, is because a lot of you uh, really, you know, you come into our group and you don't really know much about what's going on or who we are or what we're about. And, you know, there's usually this assumption that, uh, you know, maybe we're this, uh, this divorce support group. And let me tell you, we're not a divorce support group or a men's empowerment group. That means that the issues you guys have are not just related to divorce. They're much deeper than that. The divorce is just what's showing up on your plate right now. And so what we like to do is uncover and unpack what it's making you feel, what is happening in your life, is not just something that's from today, but it's something that's been with you your whole life. Um, and if I can help unpack that for a man and help him see that he's got shit he needs to work on, he has things he's got to own in his life. If I can help a man do that, I've made him aware. And a man who becomes aware isn't just woke like they talk about in today's culture, but he's awoken to his new reality for who he is. And sometimes a man becomes sad, um, but then after he works through the stuff a little bit, he becomes happy. Yesterday, I had a guy who came to us after divorce. You know, a lot of you think, again, that we just like save marriages. It's not what we do. We save men. And here was a guy who'd already been divorced and started our Thrive program. And just the changes that he made and the the the, the whole thing that he went through. And we actually have his uh, his case study. It's Christian Dag. Um, you know, the, the changes he made and, and where he went, um, and not just in his personal uh, relational life, but also in his professional life and his business and, um, religion, you know, and, and things he was doing there. Like there were so many things because all of the work that you do is connected. Like some of you are just sitting in this group and you're thinking that if your wife would just come back, everything would be fine. I'm here to tell you it's a fucking lie. Okay. If your wife comes back today, it's not going to solve anything. Because what happens is a lot of times the guy starts working on himself, starts to feel really sad and, you know, and all these things. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to do some work. And they come into our Thrive program and they do our 30 day challenge or, you know, they start listening to my podcast and they're like faithfully doing this stuff because there's this void, there's this gap in their life. And so like, okay, I can do this. And they start working on themselves and they start feeling really good about themselves. But then that wife starts to lean back in, starts to see some of those changes and poof, as soon as that happens, they're like, well, I'm good now. Everything's great, brother. My wife came back. All the things are good in life. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit. Just because your wife comes back doesn't mean the work is over. The work never stops. 
until you're in glory, until you're in heaven, until you're dead, the work never stops. You were not made for retirement from self-improvement. So we want to get past that. All right. So the very first question, Francois, what do you tell nine and 11 year old kids about your separation? Still living together, separate rooms, divorce incoming. They suspect something is going on. Uh, I remember telling my kids about divorce and what was happening there. Um, my kids were older and younger than those ages. So look, being appropriate, uh, I don't know if I'm the most qualified person to share on how to tell your kids, especially based on the ages. I mean, yes, obviously I've done it before, but I am not a therapist, nor am I a professional when it comes to divorce necessarily. I've experienced it myself. What I normally tell clients though, what you want to do is be direct and honest without throwing the other person under the bus. Um, I always recommend having the your spouse with you and that you do it together. I recommend you having a conversation with her beforehand that you lead. Say, honey, I'd like to tell the kids. However, I'm not here to blame you or I, you know, and I'm not looking for you to blame me. I think it would be healthy if we just went in this together and just let them know that mommy and daddy have had a lot of issues for a while. We've tried to work through those issues and we've come to the conclusion that it's, this marriage is no longer a fit for us as a family. And so we are going to be um, creating two families out of this one. You're going to have a family with mommy. It may seem scary and it might seem, and it'll probably feel sad. And you might have all kinds of emotions that are, that are like, okay for you to have. Like, don't ever feel like you can't feel sad or feel angry or anything like that because of what's going on. You're um, you are welcome to feel what you feel, but this is where we're at. And it's really sad and it's really hard for us but we have to move forward this way. So as you can tell, what I'm doing is I'm breaking it down for a nine to 11 year old, hopefully mentally, emotionally, they can handle that um, in such a way that helps them understand, number one, their feelings are valid and you need to make sure that they feel validated in their feelings. I always tell guys that when you're going through all this stuff, your number one audience besides yourself is your children. They're watching everything you say and do. Um, if you didn't listen to my podcast a couple of weeks back, I had my teenage daughter on where she shared her perspective of divorce. Go listen to that. Um, it was really impactful. She, she convicted me of some things. But when you're telling them that, I would highly recommend that you do it in such a way that is open, honest, clear, but without giving them all the details, being able to answer as many questions as possible because you don't want them to feel like you're hiding something. And you definitely don't want them to feel like you have an agenda. So again, have that conversation with your wife first, then, you know, set some boundaries with that. Okay. Let's make this conversation about the kids. Let's not make it about us and then create a safe place for them to communicate. All right, let's move on. Um, I'm curious, this is by Dustin. I'm curious on your definition of masculine and feminine roles, energy, and how they play out in the relationship. A lot of info out there. Also, I'd love to hear more about discernment counseling. Uh, this is one of those really esoteric out there questions. Um, I do not, I am not one of these, uh, masculine energy kind of guys and feminine energy. Um, that's a bit woo woo for me. Um, it kind of gets into some weird lanes that I just don't know enough about. Um, you know, I get it. Like I understand it from a, uh, an esoteric or a theoretical standpoint, but it's not an area I play in. So th the best I could say is that 
you know, you kind of are going to play both. Um, that's just the typical nature, right? Is like man is masculine, but he has some feminine aspects to him. And that's the more nurturing side where the more empathetic listening that those would be considered the, the female energy or the feminine energy, whereas the masculine energy is going to be more the strength leading, et cetera. Um, so I, I'm going to have to kind of skip over that question. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot I can go with on that. Um, and then in terms of discernment counseling, again, that's something I've never been through before. I know what it is from against a more theoretical standpoint, from what I've been told, discernment counseling is supposed to be to help you discern whether or not this marriage is reconcilable or not. Um, that's about all I got on that one. All right, Josh, how to stop triggers of an affair, even though the new marriage is going good. So triggers are just your undealt with trauma. Um, there's lots of good therapy around this. Um, there's like EMDR, there's some somatic type therapy. Uh, we in empowered man, like in our, in our, uh, thrive program specifically, we focus more on the owning your shit piece of it. I I'm more keen on that, but in terms of like dealing with those triggers, like personally, um, I just did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of just ref like owning what I felt. And then also being honest with her is another thing. That's where like having a therapist or having some sort of counseling can help if you have like a third party that can like be a mediator where you can be honest and vulnerable with her without her getting offended because most of the time they're not able to hear what you're saying because they're offended themselves. They're, they're angry. They're anxious. They feel guilty. They feel convicted. They feel all kinds of things themselves. So it's really hard for the woman then to hear you. So that's why it's important too, that you have to recognize when your wife is a safe space and when she's not, um, a lot of you are trying to go to her as a safe space and she is not a safe space. If she's out of the marriage, she wants nothing to do with the marriage. She is not a safe space. That means you sharing your emotions and feelings with her may be dangerous to your ongoing health. Um, this also applies for when she's coming back to the marriage. She may not be ready to hear your complaints, your issues with how she hurt you. And especially if you don't know how to articulate those. That's why in the Thrive Program, that is the first thing we work on is understanding what you feel and articulating what you feel in a healthy, non-toxic way, right? Because we don't want to create any more arguments. We don't want to create any more fights. What we want to do is create emotional connection. I would just be honest with yourself about what those actual triggers are, right? Triggers you can get rid of easily. Um, I, how do I say that in a nice way? You get rid of triggers by, by embracing them, by being honest with them, by facing them. It's like any other fear and acknowledging what they are. So like, for example, being just aware of what those triggers are, writing them down and going, okay, this happened the other day. I saw this guy and he reminded me of her. What did I feel? What was happening in my body? Where did I feel it in my body? Um, you know, what about him caused anxiety? What were the, what were the lies that were going through my head, right? Start to expose the lies and the enemy as opposed to the truth. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one. I'm pretty close. I feel from detaching from my partner after two months, still post-separation. What's suggesting there's time to prepare for outgoing? I've already split my bills. Partners deal with her own money. I'm not emotionally supportive to her anymore. I haven't been living my own 13 years. I'm sure to prepare myself and children for major change. I don't want to leave, but I want to say hello to not going happen in our current home. So this question is really about like, how do I move on from here? That's a loaded question because I don't, I'm not you. I don't know what you want to do. Um, 
in terms of preparing yourself emotionally, again, it comes back to doing the fucking work. It comes back to you being aware of what you feel, being, being present with your emotions, allowing your emotions to have a place. I always like to say grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves, right? And if, and if you're two months into this, you still have lots of waves ahead of you. So I would caution you in being overly hopeful that you're past this or any of those things. I would just be super honest with yourself about what you're feeling. Um, don't use the whole, well, I'm good now. I, you know, I'm not supporting her anymore and I'm not paying her bills and blah, 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 and fuck her and blah, blah, blah. Like you don't want to do that bullshit because that's just going to affect you down the road anyways. That's going to make you seem like more of an asshole to your kids. Um, I, again, I just go back to just being honest, being honest with yourself about what you're actually feeling and dealing with those feelings. All right, next one. Ross, you, rec you recommend neutral woman for some situation like when a spouse expresses they want out or is having an emotional affair, but what about the neutral woman is what got you here in the first place Intention and time is the chief complaint or issue. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that the only reason we recommend neutral woman is because you guys come to us or come to me in a time where your wife has said, I want out of the marriage, I'm cheating or whatever, right? Like that's just where you're at when you come to us. And at that point, we use the understanding that the marriage as you know it is over and the only way to have a new marriage is to move forward. Well, in order to do that, you have to master this concept we call neutral woman. She may be present physically, but she's not present emotionally. And so understand, you know, so knowing that and then when you say, well, that's kind of what got me in this place in the, in the first place. Well, I get that. But you all of a sudden being affectionate, you all of a sudden saying, I love you, you all of a sudden trying to sleep with her, all those things are not going to get her back. Like a lot of guys just need to accept where their wife is at and realize that you cannot control or manipulate her. And the more you try to control or manipulate her, the worse it gets. So in this question, to me, it comes off as, well, this is this is what I did to get her here. So if I act like that now, it's gonna make it worse. No, it's already as worse as it's gonna get. I mean, the next step is divorce. I don't know if she's filed or not, but you all of a sudden changing and acting like this romantic guy, why were you emotionally distant? Why were you not where she needed you to be? Why did you not show up for her? Those are the questions that you need to be focused on. You, you should not be focused on the current state of the relationship because the current state of the relationship is over. It's over. It's done. And the more you can accept that, the easier it is to have a new one if there's a new one on the horizon. And the new one on the horizon only comes when you attract her with the right kind of living. I can't tell you how many conversations I have had with women when I tell them what we do and how we work and all those things. And they go, oh my gosh, finally, a man who understands that when I say I don't want to be with him anymore, that doesn't mean come buy me flowers and try to fuck me. That's not what it means. What it means is I'm done. I've emotionally cut you off. And anything outside of that is an offense to me and it hurts me. Right. And so what you try to do is you try to manipulate her. Oh, okay. Well, I was this way. And so now, no, no, no. Stop focusing on her. Stop focusing on hitting the she button. Right. And hit the me button and go look at you. Go look at what you need to do to understand why it was that she was a neutral woman to you in the first place. Cause it shan't not be, it should not be. Okay. I got to move on to the next one. How long after she confessed her fair, should you wait for your wife to start doing her own therapy? What is reasonable per Mark's advice? I won't do couples. 
I won't do couples therapy until she works on herself. Yeah. I mean, this really comes back to you and what you're okay with. Um, honestly, you can create conditions or boundaries around the relationship where you say, Hey, I want to be married to you. I want this to work, but in order for this to work, I need to see you doing work. And you know, I'm, I'm over here, I'm doing my coaching thing or I'm working with Mark's team or whatever. And I would like for you to go and work on yourself. And that looks like therapy. And after a while, once you've kind of done that and you've had some insights and stuff, then I think we should go to marriage counseling together because I'm going to try to go get that understanding. And I'd like for you to get that understanding so we can own our shit together. That's how you lead that. So how long is not really a, a, a good question. It's, it's really more about leading, moving forward and what you need her to do um, in order for you to work. All right. Uh, Jeremy notes I've been lacking boundaries. Should I be working to develop a list and share it with her? So in reading both your questions, Jeremy, I would say a lot of this is just your own insecurities. But then again, I don't know the fullness of your situation. I don't know your wife, never met her. I don't really know much about your situation other than what you shared with our team uh, a while back. Um, what I would say is the, it feels like the only way to know is to actually have a conversation with her where you're vulnerable with her. Now that comes back to her being able to be a safe place for you. So the real question is, is your wife a safe space for you where you can come to her and say, I have some things that I want to discuss with you and I want to be vulnerable with you. I want to be as vulnerable as possible. And I'd like for you to, to hear me out. I'd like for you to listen without judgment. And if she's able to do that, then you need to have the conversation with her. If you start getting into this whole thing, like, like you obviously have these assumptions going on, like clearly you have some assumptions and maybe you have good reason. Maybe you're in denial and she actually is having an affair and you're just like, you know, living in, in denial. And, and so your subconscious is like going, no, no, something's happening. I honestly don't know. Um, but usually this comes from guys that don't know how to emotionally connect with their wife. Um, and that's usually when they start going to seeking other relationships anyways. Right. Uh, it, you know, the whole personal trainer thing, I get that friend of mine, his wife left him for a personal trainer. didn't work out. I mean, all the fears, all the things that, that we go through and like how relationships are destroyed. It's just mind boggling the stuff I've seen and heard over the years. And it's, it, it sucks. Right. Um, but here's the thing is you're only going to get to the truth. If she shares the truth. You're only going to understand what's going on if you become a safe space, safe space for her and where she's come to, you know, own her shit. And she just realizes, like, I care about this marriage and I care about some fling or some whatever. You know, it's also possible she hasn't done anything. And and I'm not trying I'm not going to get into a gray area of black and white of what's right, what's wrong, all that stuff. That's that's not what this is about. But I think you need to own your own insecurities with her um, in such a way that says, I don't I don't want to be like this. Right. Um you know, and I have my thoughts on why you are where you are, Jeremy, because, you know, we've kind of chatted a little bit and this is definitely, this is definitely something we would help you do and thrive. Um, but the kind of work you need to be doing is like learning how to be present with your own feelings, your own emotions, understanding what you're feeling and why you're feeling those things, communicating and articulating those like power triangles and, and setting the narrative and the story I'm telling myself and like all those things and communicating that with her. And then at the same time, being honest about the pain you felt, not just with her, but the pain you felt in your life. Because the only reason you're triggered or you have these, you know, these, these struggles and these insecurities is because you got undealt with trauma. Insecurities come with come from undealt with trauma. And if you don't deal with that trauma, you're going to project it onto her.
And, and let me tell you something, guys. Some of you are projecting trauma onto her that she ends up doing because you continue to seed and feed that trauma to her. This happens all the time. We are people that communicate not just consciously, but subconsciously. And not that she's reading your mail or reading your mind, but she's picking up on things. And if you've started to, you know, oh, you know, I don't know if I can trust you and this and that and all these things happening. Guess what? She starts to not trust herself. And if she's not trusting herself, guess what? She's also liable putting herself in a place of not being trusted. If you don't know how to have con like actual conversation with her where it's not nitpicking bullshit and, and whatever, where you're actually hearing her, connecting with her, you are seeding doubt. You are seeding insecurity into her. Your insecurities are now breeding insecurities into her, which then make her want to go and do those things. So I, I say, look, it's never a guy's fault for a woman to go and cheat, but there are things that men will do that will contribute to the potential of her cheating. And this definitely can be one of them. All right, I need to move on. I need to wrap up here. I've got, let's see, Kenyon, how do I let go of my need to fact check my wife all of her daily life? Yeah, again, this is this is trigger-based stuff. She had an affair, been married one year now, they're five years, all her kids are adults. Then I too had an affair. Yeah, I mean, so like you guys have sexual trauma together. So really what this comes back to is, is dealing with, your, again, dealing with your own shit. More than likely you're checking her stuff because you feel insecure about your own stuff. Like maybe you feel like you want to cheat again or maybe you feel like you want to have an affair or whatever it is that you're doing and that's being projected onto her. Like you don't feel like you're actually having emotional connection with her because you don't know how to do that. And the reason guys don't know how to emotionally connect with their wives is because they don't know how to emotionally connect with themselves. Again, all things we teach and thrive that would be super beneficial to you. And once you have that, guys, let me, once you actually can be emotionally connected to yourself and be aware of what you're feeling, know what's going on, all those things happen, then you don't find yourselves making dumb decisions. You're aware of what's going on. You're not a victim to anything. She doesn't have power over you anymore because you've diffused that power. It's the very first thing we do in Thrive is diffuse the power your wife has over you so that you don't have to live that way. Kenyon, all that shit goes away once we've actually squashed the trigger in your own self because then you're not worried about her because you're focused on how you can serve her, how you can love her, how you can be with her in a healthy way, how you can lead her in a healthy way. That's what we aim for. Uh, looks like I got, let's see, Rigo, my own stuff, what I'm doing wrong that mentally it all affects mentally to the point that I constantly feel pressure in my head. I find myself feeling guilty that I wasn't man enough to keep my family together. The mental is my biggest challenge. Uh, I'm not sure what the question is. So if you're finding yourself in your head, you just got to get out of your head. The simplest way to get out of your head is to get out of your body. And, and that really has to do with, or get into your body. So getting out of your head, getting into your body has to do with doing like physical outdoor stuff, um, activities where you're like, you know, working with like wood or getting out into nature, breathing, hiking, like doing things like that, exercise, gym, like things like that will help you get out of your head a little bit, get some of that physiology going. Um, also, I would look into what you're eating and you're sleeping, um, track, you know, like I track all my sleep on, on this, what's called an aura ring. Um, so I know like how good my sleep is. And if it wasn't great, I know I need to get to bed earlier the next day, or I need to do this, or I need to make sure I don't have caffeine, you know, after three o'clock, whatever it is. Um, that's why I track my sleep and, and make sure that I'm able to be as productive as possible. 
And then also your eating, making sure you're eating healthy. Um, because guys, the food you put in your body has everything to do with how you show up mentally. Um, I know when I'm having a mental fog week, it's because I'm usually having too much sugar or I'm not eating as healthy as I know I can be. Um, and if I'm diving too much into carbs, obviously it puts on weight, but it also affects my brain um, and, and how that is. So I uh, definitely recommend doing that. Guys, thank you for showing up. I will see you getting married this Saturday. Excited. Um, and uh, I, I believe this is the last one. I'm thankful for, for my new uh, soon-to-be bride. And um, so I will be out for the next week and a half or so. And I uh, will be enjoying our honeymoon. But I'll probably take some pictures and post them in the group. But if I don't see you, I'll see you in the inside. And uh, look, if you got questions about Thrive, I'll, I'll put uh, Brendan's contact information. He can get you connected with one of our advisors and talk about whether or not that's the next, the next best thing for you. Um, if Thrive is out of your you know, investment range, then we always recommend a 30-day challenge, only 100 bucks. Um, I can drop that link as well. See you guys. Hey, this is Mark Santiago, CEO and founder of Empowered Man. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. However, before you go, I want to give you a special invitation. Now listen, we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now, who are on the verge potentially of divorce, who are facing potential separation or already separated, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with all kinds of shit. If that's you, I want to challenge you to take the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. That's right, the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. You can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-Day Challenge. Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that Band-Aid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge and I will see you on the inside.